everyone, and welcome to the Wonderlust Podcast. I'm Andrea. And I'm Jillian, and this is the podcast where we share the things we wonder about over coffee and invite experts on to have a conversation about those things. Before we dive in, I have to ask everyone listening for a quick favor that won't take any more than a minute. If you could please subscribe to and rate Wonderlust Podcast on iTunes, we would really, really appreciate it. Um, the only way that iTunes will show our podcast to more people is if we continue to get subscribers and reviews. So this will really help us, and we thank you so much in advance. Now let's get into it, Andrea. Well, today we're wondering about dating in the digital era. So I'm old. I have more than 10 years on you, and I've been married for 12 years, so I have no idea how this online dating phenomenon works. I get the practicalities, but I'm interested in how true connections are made, if they even are, and how the entire courtship unfolds. See, I, I told you I was old. I just said courtship. I'm also wondering about monitoring this for teenagers, as I have children who will one day become teenagers. And Jillian, even though you're younger, you've been in a committed relationship for a few years. Yeah, so I've been in a relationship for about three years, um, and even though apps like Tinder were definitely being used when I was single, I was always really skeptical of them, so I never actually experienced any form of digital dating myself. Uh, but now it's become almost unheard of for any of my 20-something and even older single friends to not be on one of these apps. Um, so I'm surrounded by all of these digital daters, for lack of a better term, um, and there are questions that I'm constantly asking myself, like... In what ways has it changed dating culture the most? Does it make dating harder? Does it make dating easier, more or less enjoyable? Yeah, and the, sta the statistics are staggering. 40% of Americans use online dating. 10% of 18 to 24-year-olds used online dating in 2013, and that percentage is now 30% today. 55 to 65-year-olds who use online dating has risen from 6% in 2013 to 12% in 2016. And more than 7,500 dating sites exist worldwide. And some stats that really stood out to me, 49 million people have tried online dating. 17% of couples who married within the last year met on a dating website. And the online dating industry's annual revenue is over $1.8 billion. A few things I found fascinating, the percentage of couples who are married or engaged after meeting on a dating app, it's 10.2% in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic area, 16.3% in the South, 12% in the Midwest, and 12.6% on the West Coast. So here to answer our questions about dating in the digital era are those who know dating in the digital world best, from every generation, from baby boomers to the iGen, and a therapist to help us make sense of it all. Our first guest is Janice, a baby boomer born in 1957, married to a man she met through one of the first digital dating services, phone dating. Tell us your story, Janice. Well, it all started one day when a girlfriend of mine filled out a questionnaire for Matchmaker International. And she called me on the phone and she said, oh, would you date somebody that smokes? And I went, well, I'd prefer not to. Would you date somebody that is not the same uh, the same religion as you? And I said, well, as long as we have similar beliefs, I'd be all right. Why are you asking me these questions? <laughs> and, and I said, and she goes, nothing, goodbye, and hung up. And I'm like, well, that was weird. So the next day... I get a phone call from Matchmaker International saying that they got my application. And I go, I didn't fill out any application. And it was kind of, it was just pretty funny. And then they said, well, why don't you just give us a chance? And I went, no, thank you. And then they kept talking. And I said, all right, I'll come in. And I went in and I filled out this questionnaire of like 200 questions or something. And $400 later, unfortunately, I, um, Decided, okay, I guess I'm going to try this. Since oh, my I gosh. 30, I so, how, how, yeah, how old were 30, you? 34 years old. 34 years old. And I, so your girlfriend had had, like, the, the preliminary questionnaire to get you in the door, and then you filled out the more yeah. extensive one. Exactly. Had you ever heard of Matchmaker International or any other services like it? That's the only one that was around, and I had heard of it, and... The first couple people I, w I met, you know, we met at neutral places. And, you know, the one guy was just like from Columbia, Illinois, which is just right across the JB Bridge from St. Louis. And it's like, 
you know, I put down there because I played volleyball and softball and I was, you know, into sports and watching the Cardinals. And at that time we had the steamers. So I was at steamer games every Friday night and, you know, hockey games. I was, I'm, I like sports. Well, this guy said he had never, you know, never been to a, a baseball game. Oh, for didn't strike, even, for strike. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even know where the zoo was. I said, who doesn't know where the St. Louis Zoo is in the <laughs> bi-state area? And so we went to the zoo, and he was really glad I introduced him to the zoo. But it was just like, oh, father might be right. This guy is pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, what did I get myself into? So is this but your, I was, is this your now husband? No, 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 oh, no. okay. I I went out with about four or five different guys, and I got phone calls every day. And ironically enough, I'm sitting You're popular, in popular on the Matchmaker International. Well, no, there weren't there weren't very many women. It was a lot of men, and a lot of these men, like a couple of them, were married. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not interested in that. You know, I don't oh, want to. Even then, married. even then, that was happening. Yeah, yep. exactly. And um, like I said, ironically enough, I'm sitting in Mount Vernon, Illinois, right now. And one of the guys was from Mount Vernon, and I'm like, that's just too, he goes, you're too far from me. And I go, I don't know why they're matching us up. And we talked, like, several days. You know, he'd call, and we just chit-chat, because we just got along famously. But it was like, that's just too far. You know, I said, and he, you know, so we never really got together, but we talked a lot. Well, I told the, I told Matchmaker Place, I said, go ahead and put me on hold, because they said, you can put a hold on it because I only got like three months for $400. So so let me me ask you a question about how it worked. So you filled out the questionnaire and then what would happen? They would call you and say, you've been matched with 10 gentlemen and we've given them your phone number and they'll be calling you. Or how, how did that, how did it work? How did it play out? Well, um, they, they said that they have a matchmaker, you know, they had a, they would match people up with a similar, you know, likes and dislikes and whatever. And we got a thing in the mail that gives you a little profile and it said, gave the person's name, um, their eye color, their hair color, their, uh, whether or not they smoked, uh, whether they drink socially or not at all, what their religion was and a phone number. And I think our so it was just it was just like too. one. I'm just trying to think like is there a? I'm just trying to visualize this. So you got a piece of paper like that showed all of your matches with all of these limited profiles, or like you would get them as yep. you would match. So like one Tuesday, get them as we would match. I'd get like one at a time in the mail and have that information on it. That they would send one to me and one to the the guy that they were telling me about. Right. And so you know either one of us could call each other or whatever. And, um, you know, but they kept matching me up with people that I didn't have anything in common with. So I told them, you know, they said, well, if you want to, you can, we can put you on hold, you know, for 30 days or whatever. And I said, would you do that? And then I'll call you because I knew I was going to be, you know, I was playing softball three nights a week. And I said, you know, just go ahead and put me on hold for 30 days or whatever. And so, um, then they, I, I called and I got myself taken off this hold and, um, and they, they still didn't set me up with anybody. And I called and I, I, I kind of complained and I said, well, you know, I hate to tell you, but I invested, you know, probably not as much money as other people, but I spent a lot of money on this and we still haven't matched both with anybody that I have anything in common with. So you, you were invested and, at this point, Janice. I mean, you, you, at first you were mad at your girlfriend, but at this point you want your money's worth. <laughs> And you're and you're ready yeah, exactly. and you're ready to go for it. I appreciate the spirit. I do. Well, I thought, you know what? I'm not meeting anybody else. I mean, I don't, I was playing softball with a singles group, and you know, and I'm I'm, you know, trying to meet people and put myself out there. And I was like, this isn't working, so I may as well give this a shot anyway. Right. And um, so they took you off hold. And is that that second go around when you matched with your husband? Well, no, I complained, and they gave me they gave me three free months, and that's when I said, that's how I told my husband, I said, well, I got you on a freebie. You paid $2,000, but I got you on a freebie. Nice. So, <laughs> so that's when I met him, and we, we met at a mutual location, and the first time we talked on the phone, it was like, it was, we, we, we called it kismet, you know, we're old school. It was like, holy cow, we just hit it off. 
So do you know what your husband's motivation for signing up to this for this service was? Did his friends put him up, put him up to it like yours, or did he actually choose oh, to do this? Oh. He just chose to do it because he wasn't meeting anybody. He had already been in he had been in the Air Force and in the Army, and he just was like, you know, I'm not meeting. I don't want to go to a bar and meet a girl. And you know, he's not near as outgoing as I am. Um, He's just as talkative, though, once you get to know him. But uh, And how, you know, how he, old was he when he signed up? People. You were 34, and how old was he? He was 32. 32. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So what did, when you when you embarked on this, when you found out that your, your girlfriend had done this, and you said, okay, I'm going to give it a try, what did your friends and family think? Were they? Oh, they thought I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They thought I was nuts. My mom was like, I'm not so sure about that, and... Uh, like I said, my friend Father Walsh was like, nothing but a bunch of weirdos. And I go, you know, you're you're kind of right. I did meet a couple of weirdos, Father, but I did meet a couple of nice people, too. Right. You know? And uh, and did- other people are like, you're brave. You're so brave. And I go, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Did you know anyone else at the time who had ever used the service before? Or are you the first person, um, you know, in your friends and family group that had done so? Oh, I, I am the only one, yeah, in the whole family and group. So, so you, until, until later on in life, and my younger sister. Okay, you know, oh, nice. So you got your you got your free months. You've met this guy, and you think, hey, this could be serious. And you're starting to introduce him to your friends and family. Do you tell them how you met? Absolutely, I told everybody. Okay, and uh, we started talking about marriage on our first date. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so you were one of the first in this world. And so how did this color your perception with your children? Did were you more open to the idea of, you know, them online dating? Um what how did this color your perception? Well, I was all about you know, it's all about online dating. That's fine. I just wasn't crazy about, you know, how like you know, being a little older fashioned Tinder was like the hookup, you know, thing. But I think that's changed a little bit since, you know, my daughter did meet her boyfriend on Tinder and they've been together for about a year, almost a year and a half now. So I kind of, you know, I'm happy that, that, that they're so happy. Well, I'm really happy that they're so happy. Our next guest is Charlotte. She's a Gen Xer born in 1971. She's currently in a relationship, plus she has kids born in the 2000s, so she can shed some light on the iGen perspective as well. Charlotte is a prominent personality in St. Louis, so we are very excited to have her on. Thanks for joining us, Charlotte. Thanks for having me. Hello. So I guess just start by telling us a little bit about your experience with dating in the digital era. Yeah. Yes, it's been fascinating. In some ways, it's good. Now, when I was in my 20s, we had these phone lines, and they would advertise them in the back of various entertainment papers or late-night television, and you could call. So you knew they were um, really reputable. Right. And so my friends and I would sit around, and we would call, and you'd be on this party line with a bunch of different people, and you could talk all at once. And then if you wanted to, you know, go into a private phone conversation with someone, you could do it. And we thought it was hilarious. And I did meet and go out with some people via that way. Uh, but I was always the person who loved it so organically. You meet, you're at a party, and you connect. But you get to learn about each other on the date. As I found, the Internet came to be, and, you know, you can really screen each other on the Internet how different it was when the internet first came about and started meeting in chat rooms. And you didn't even know if you were talking to someone who said that they actually were, right? Right. Now here we are with all these new ways to connect online and to research people. And I think that's both good and bad. And what I noticed before I would even get to the date, I already knew everything about this person. And the mystery was gone. And I missed that. I really missed having that dinner where we could talk about family and schooling and career. That had all been covered already. Yeah, they're all. It's already a foregone conclusion. So when you were in these chat rooms at the beginning of all of this, did mm. did you ever have any successful dates that came from I, that? 
I did. You know, it was my 20s, so I don't know how much success I was really. I was kind of just looking for a good time. Um, and by that, I mean just hanging out, having someone to go dancing with. I know that's so innocent, right? right? But just finding just some super cool guy to just go dance and have a good time with me. Uh, and I did. I did. Then I started shifting my thinking to marriage material. And I realized, hmm, I don't think I can meet the man of my dreams this way. And I don't know why I was so closed off to it, but that's when I stopped with those chat lines. So from that point, have you have you used any of the modern day like dating apps or, um, you know, even websites that are available? Well, it's hard for me being someone who is in it's a very small spotlight, but it was enough of a spotlight that when I would be on a dating site, people would write and say, why are you on a dating site? Can't you get dates? off of a dating site mm. don't you have people coming up to you at work after you do shows you know being on stage isn't that enough and I said well no I mean I want people to meet me and understand what I do for a living but want me for me the real person not just the character that I am on stage right and that became a big well I guess it was a, in a way it was a help because I could let people know who I was but I couldn't get past the, why are you on here? What's wrong with you if you're on a dating site? Did you, So you, you've dated um, men and women. Have you found mm-hmm. that whenever you're um, kind of digital dating, is that experience different based on which gender you're um, looking for? Absolutely. And I hate to say it this way because I don't dislike men whatsoever. But I found the men were, you know they were really in a hurry to escalate things to the bedroom. Let's Mm -hmm. just put it that way. It was about hookup, 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 hookup. And I'm looking for, no, I want some companionship and I want there to be a bond. And then we can get there with the ladies. I found it was a lot slower of a process. Um, And that's not always the truth. How are true in dating? women? Some just say they want to hook up as well, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I found a lot of them were more willing. Let's talk. Right. Let's go have dinner. Let's learn about each other. And I found it to be a much more satisfying experience as far as dating goes. Right. It was probably more like the traditional dating experience. Get to know somebody a little bit more before you move to the next level. Now, I want to switch gears here and talk about kids because you and I are parents. And mm-hmm. um, I, want to, I want to talk to you about how you parent in this era of digital dating. Like what parameters do you put on for your teenagers and your two that are about to become teenagers? Um, you know, what, what kind of guidelines do you have in your house about that? I'm terrified, yes, to be honest. it's terrifying. Absolutely terrified. Because they're in two different homes, mine and then my ex-husband. And he's with the internet as well. But uh, these kids outsmart us. You know, they can get around pretty much everything. And I have a 13-year-old who is way smarter than any of us all combined. <laughs> even if I do put the restrictions on, she's still out there. Uh, she actually is popular on the internet in certain states and becoming a bit of a celebrity. I have to encourage group. They aren't really digitally dating. They're courting each other digitally, and it's a lot more advanced than it needs to be. Of course, everything is for that age. Right. So it's just setting her down and telling her, this is appropriate, this is inappropriate. Uh, inappropriate. See, what, what I worry about with her is that she is she's open to dating all genders. So what do we do about sleepovers? Yeah. Yeah, there are, there's a says, whole other, you know, mm-hmm. layer of terrifying elements to this. And what do you do, not only right. if your daughter is interested in both genders, but it's like, um, it, not only what do you do about sleepovers, but what do you do about sleepovers when they've you've met people online and they're just friends, you know, but you mm-hmm. don't know if, like, she wants to progress it. I mean, I, I'm not there yet. I'm a parent of a four and an almost eight-year-old, but... Um, I mean, I was terrified when I was doing research for this that these dating sites allow younger users. Like Tinder is officially 13 and up, and it admits Mm -hmm. that 7% of its users are between 13 and 17. And under 18s on Tinder are only matched with other users in the 13 to 17 age bracket. And you have to sign up through Facebook to create a Tinder account. So, you know, theoretically, there's an age verification system in use, but anyone can lie, you know, and a 13 year old and a 17 year old, I would think would have a very different agenda on a dating site. And that is terrifying because this, this, is, this, this, this is their life. This is scary for them like it was for us. 
we were adults when all this was introduced. So we knew, okay, here's a, a little danger stranger, and this is what we need to work, right, uh, watch out for. But she does not have to Everybody's afraid of line. And so talking to her about, no, no, they're not. Uh, you know, it took a while for all of my friends to finally get online. And these kids are going to do it. So how do we show them the dangers but not scare them so much that they're terrified of the Internet or terrified of Internet dating? For some people, it has helped them. It is a great way to pre-screen. I would say that. It's wonderful. You can research everybody and everything with all the uh, platforms that everyone is on. That's good. But uh, how not to frighten her in the process? Have your daughter, Have I guess you or your daughters run in it run into any scenarios where you thought you knew who someone was and then after further investigation online it actually revealed um you know some negative aspects and might have been actually helpful in that way yes oh my goodness yes and i tell her i'm open with her and i have two other daughters that are 10 and i'm open with all of them on some of the because i've had some freaky things happen due to the internet and people pretending to be somebody else so i have police and private investigators involved we had some extreme cases in our lives, and and good in some way that I can show them that. And oh no, there is an actual danger. You have to be careful, but not just for the dangers. I want her to value human life and not look at oh here's a person I'm just going to swipe because I don't like to look. You know, I want them to realize it's beyond that. I want them to look deeper at the person. I want them to to know what that's like to meet someone and have that instant connection in person and not force a connection online. Because via text and chatting, anybody can, almost everyone can be charming. Nothing beats that face-to-face. Right. So, so, so and what, that's are what, the, I, what are the ground rules that you lay down? I mean, you, you, you've you talked about how you educate them um, to make mm-hmm. sure that they, they're aware of the dangers and the pitfalls. But ultimately, I know you and I know that you you know have faith in your girls and that you're going to let them make their own decisions as you know intelligent beings so what are the ground rules that you've laid down we need total transparency i have to have passwords to all of her internet devices and i check on them and i check up on her and when she's 18 then it all changes but until then no right and i have to be the bad guy once in a while but i'd rather be the bad guy and do all I can to try to keep her safe. Exactly. Sure. In- information and transparency are, are keys to parenting in the digital age, I think, not even dating. Yeah. So to kind of sum up your thoughts, do you think that dating or that technology has made dating easier or harder? Yeah, both. Both. Because of the pre-screening process, you're loaded with so much information. But that can take away a bit of the romance. That can take a bit of the, the surprise. I guess it's... it's yeah, it's good and bad. I I look at it now and think if I was on the market to date, I would not use dating services online. I would go about the old fashioned way. And maybe my age is showing, but it's just something that I prefer. Yeah, no, I think that just says a lot about your personality and what you um, look for and all and what you value. Yeah, what you value in a mate. Well, I live online. My business is online. My business is social media. And there has to be a separation for me. That's work. And this is my playtime. This is my fun. And nothing beats that human connection. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Charlotte. We appreciate your time today. You are so welcome. And good luck to everyone who's on the market and dating. Our next guest is Matt, a senior search consultant at a healthcare recruitment firm with offices throughout the country. Matt is a zennial like me, born in 1978 and is currently single. And I just remembered, Matt, I called myself old at the beginning of the broadcast, but you aren't old. That, that was just me. Um, so we're, we're, t- old. we're aged. <laughs> we're like aged. Fine. Exactly, like right. fine wine and good cheese. Um, <laughs> okay, so tell us your experience with dating in the digital era. Oh, I really haven't. I I newly became single or back in the dating scene in the beginning of 2016. Before that, last time I was single was in 2009. Um, So dating has changed a lot. There was no dating apps. Um, So it's it's extremely different nowadays. I mean, all you have to do is... That was a new world to come into coming out of a relationship. 
Yeah, and now you can just like swipe left or right, um, and bam, you're you're matched with somebody. Um, it definitely takes away a lot of the the personalness of it, um, but uh, it is what it is. I mean, I can complain about it, but I have to accept that's just the way dating is nowadays. So that's an that's an interesting point. So you said you have to accept it. So is there any way? Do you feel like to to actively date? Today, in 2017, you have to be active on these apps. You can't just go the old school route and mine your, you know, friends and family for connections and, you know, meet meet girls at bars and things like that. You have to be on there. Well, I'm I'm kind of past the meeting girls at bars stage. Um, but it's it's I kind of just look at it as another way to meet people. Um but I live in Denver, Colorado, and it's the land of everybody has a busy social life. Um, and this tends to be the one place where a lot of people do go to try and meet people. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Tinder and Bumble, but Tinder, you match with somebody and then either party um, can email each other. Um, but then there's Bumble when you match with somebody, then the, the woman takes control. She has to send the first message. Are you on um, both of those? I'm on, well, actually, I don't use Tinder anymore. I just use Bumble. Um, just cause the, the word on the street is most women don't like Tinder because they just get message after message after message. Bumble gives them the control back and cuts out on a unsolicited pics of, uh, yep, got it. <laughs> you got it. We're with you. Um, yeah. uh, so on a scale of one to ten, how how much do you enjoy dating in the digital era? Are we talking in regard how much do I like using the apps or just dating nowadays? I think holistically. Like think about it as not just like, you know, using the apps, but like do you find that because you're – casting a wider net you're meeting a better quality of person or you know just speak to it kind of holistically and even once you meet people you continue to communicate using texting and you know there's less of a personal connection there too so even throughout the dating process yeah it's definitely dating's definitely different i mean i'm aging myself here but you know dating in college and high school i used to love meeting somebody and then you talk to him on the phone for three hours um I've lived in Denver for almost two years, and I've talked to one woman on the phone. Wow. Um, <laughs> when I first moved out here, I, I actually did call a woman, and it creeped her out. She's like, why are you calling? <laughs> so that's, you you're really are limited to either meeting in face, face-to-face or texting. Um, and some people, peers nowadays, just maybe it's because of the technology, just don't have basic communication skills like how to you know keep a conversation flowing um or you send them a message ask how they're doing and you hear from them two weeks later finally so it's 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 definitely different i mean um but it is what it is i i can either accept it and and accept this as dating or i can sit at home by myself and watch netflix so i'll choose the first yeah so considering that you people don't even want to talk on the phone and that girls might be actually creeped out if you try to call them to get to know them. How do you determine if you want to pursue someone and actually, you know, go the next step and meet them in person when everyone can just so easily put their best face forward via social media or Tinder or Bumble? Do you have any sort of authenticity test or how do you, how do you get to know them? It's, I mean, it's really like playing craps. I mean, everybody puts their base, their best face forward. I mean, everybody, it's very shallow. Let's just get that out there. You're, you're basically swiping left or right on how they look and then um, what they have to say. You know, you get a very limited 500 word about me. Um, usually if, you know, find the person attractive, if they've got an interesting or funny profile, you know, swipe right on that. And if you match, then um, usually just it's can the person hold a conversation is there a good conversation going on and usually after a few messages or a few days of talking then it's hey let's go out and meet um and by conversation do you mean are you like texting conversation because or or yeah usually through the app i mean the way i've done it and you know from asking friends of mine that are women the way they've done it is you keep the conversation through the dating app um before exchanging phone numbers 
And then if you decide, hey, let's go meet, then maybe exchange numbers, then start texting. Um, but some people, sometimes it ends up being that you just communicate through the app, you go on a date, it's not a fit, you delete the, the match and move on. I just, I, I just have so much respect for people doing this. I feel like I would, if I was in this world, I would fail miserably. <laughs> I just feel like things are, it, like, I, I feel like you could read a profile that is witty and funny and you're like, this person sounds interesting, but that the content could be crowdsourced. That person could be asking their mom, their friends, the, you know, what, sh what should I put here? What's the best, you know? Absolutely. And then the same thing with these, you know, chats through the app and texts, like you don't have an organic, authentic conversation until you're across the, you know, sharing a glass of wine or you're uh, eating dinner together, or having a cup of coffee or something. Um, right. And they don't have input from their whole network in, to ha you know, to how best to respond. So it's it's just so interesting to me. Well, it's uh, funny you say that is talking with somebody before I've met them through these apps or texting. There's been good conversation. Um, and maybe it's, you know, um, you, you get to time your response. You get to think about it. But then I've went on dates with people and it's they just sit there or you, you try to make a conversation and it's it's one word answers. And, you know, it's it's like pulling teeth. So it, it definitely it's definitely different. It's definitely weird. I mean, you, you, I've, I've talked with women that I thought was there, there was potential there and then get on a date and, you know, there's just no personality. There's there's no conversation going forward. It's mm. it, yeah, it's it's interesting. If you, had, if you had to take your best guess, how many, what percentage of your matches have turned into actual face-to-face -face dates? Um, I mean, I've been on a lot of, you know, a lot of dates, um, you know, maybe one or two. And then usually from there, you one, one party, you can tell one party's not interested. Um, and it just kind of fades from there. Um. So you're the king of first dates. Is that what you're saying, Matt? Um, I haven't. I've only made it past the third date uh, since I've been out here twice. So. Okay. But well, that's good in this era. Third yeah. date because you got to right. got to take into account you're probably talking for weeks before through these apps. You know, matching multiple people. Right. Right. And apparently, this is pretty common. I mean, all all of my majority of my friends out here are single, um, and we we talk about this all the time. Their experiences. Um, and it's usually a lot of, you know, you get to maybe one or two dates and one party's not interested or the communication just fizzles out. So have you found that the women that you are actually going in these dates with, um, do you think that they're using these apps to find a, you know, long-term relationship or are they just looking for that first date? Um, now Denver, uh, I think this is different for me because in Denver, Denver, I kind of, it's, it's a big party city. Um, it's the home of the, the, the adult kid. Um, a lot of people, you know, in their mid-40s, 50s that are still dating, I think a lot of people are, and this is kind of the problem with the, with the digital era and these apps, is it's, they're always looking for the next, next best thing. I mean, the, the next match is literally just a swipe away. Um, but that makes it tough because I don't think a lot of people are looking for relationships. I mean, I even put in my profile, I'm looking for a relationship to kind of put that out there. So I'm interested to hear what is your best online dating story and your worst online dating story? Let's start with the worst because that one's uh, that one's pretty obvious. Um, I went on a trip to a week long trip to San Diego. Um, I guess it was back in 2016, 2014. Yeah, sometime in uh, end of 2015 and was swiping when I got to San Diego and matched with a beautiful girl. Well, she was leaving that day to fly back to Sacramento where she left. So the entire week we talked um, probably three hours on the phone at night. I'm on vacation. We text throughout the day, um, talk at night, and then I decided I'm going to change my flight to go back to through Sacramento to see her before I go back to St. Louis. I'm all excited. My mom's excited. Uh, get there at the airport, you know, ran up to each other. It was kind of like a movie we kissed. 
went to hang out and then got back to her apartment and it slowly just got super, super weird. Um, Meaning what? (laughs) Like the conversation just disintegrated? No, I mean, I was making time. I could tell, I was, she was looking me up and down like I had lobsters coming out of my ears. Um, I mean, I I try to post, all my post pictures look like me. I post them from all angles. I, I, maybe I'm just thinking this because of my own insecurities, but I'm thinking, okay, she's just not attracted to me. Um, Continue to try and make conversation. You know, there was some good witty banter going. But she, and then, but, she, uh, but she kissed you at the airport, and she clearly yes, saw you. Yes, I'm so confused, so confused. And then um, we go paddle boarding for like four hours, have have a picnic. But it was, you know, we were paddle boarding, so there wasn't a lot of chance to talk, you know, while you're paddle boarding. Um, we get done, we get back to her apartment, and then she's like, um, "I'm not really feeling this. Um, I I can put you up in a and put you up in a hotel if you'd like." Um, or you can still stay here, whatever. Um, so oh then it was just, gosh. then it was just super awkward. She's like, well, let's go out. You know, I, she's like, I feel bad. You know, I'm, I changed my flight. I wasn't going to, I was planning on staying there for an additional three days. So tell us about your best one. What, let's end on a high note. What, what's the best? Can one? I put in one more bad one that yes, just happened? Please. Ago? Okay. This one isn't as long. So, um, been, I think I matched with a girl on a dating app a while ago. Um, we, I don't remember if I added her or she added me on, on social media, but however, we, we became friends on social media, talked sporadically over about a course of three, four months. We would message each other. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I finally got the guts to ask her out about three weeks ago. Um, she's like, well, I'm, I'm busy all week, but let's do coffee Friday morning before work. I'm like, great. Well, Thursday comes. She's like, hey, my schedule opened up this evening. Let's go have a drink. I meet her out. Great conversation. Instant connection. Sat there, talked for three, four hours. Um, go walk her out to her car. You know, we kissed. She was getting in her car. Got back out of her car. Came over to give me a kiss. Said, I can't wait to see you again. Let's still do coffee tomorrow morning. Great. I go home. Wait, got back room. out of the car. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she, she was getting in her car and then came back to give me another kiss. She's like, I had a, she kept telling me how great of a time she had, how much fun she had. So I'm, you know, my yeah. ego is getting big. I'm thinking, all right, great. Awesome. So I get to the coffee shop in the morning. I text her when I was on my way. Hey, I'll be there in about 15 minutes. Didn't hear anything. Got there. <laughs> Didn't hear anything. So like half an hour went by. I'm like, all right, well, I have to go back. You know, I have to go to work. Um, hit me up later if you want to hang out. And that message didn't go through. So I'm like, all right, well, I wonder if her phone's off. I gave her a call. Sure enough, her phone was off. A um, couple hours went by, so I sent her a message on Facebook. About 4 o'clock, I get a response that says, hey, this is Bradley, her boyfriend. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, a twist I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah. Next, we have Jordan, a millennial like me, born in 1993. Jordan is currently in a relationship with a guy who she actually met on Bumble, the dating app. Um, so, Jordan, let's start by talking about how you met your boyfriend. I understand that on Bumble, the girl is required to initiate the conversation with the guy. So how'd that go down and how'd you get to where you are now? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I actually uh, reopened my or re-downloaded my Bumble app recently to see what our first conversation was, and it was actually surprisingly boring. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I uh, just, I mean, I spliced on him because I liked his pictures. He seemed like a really cool guy. He had like a funny line, um, and then I messaged him about it. It said something about like that he liked to read um, murder mystery books, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love murder mystery books too, and then we just kind of started chatting. So, I mean, it wasn't even super memorable or anything like that. But um, we had a few, I think we maybe talked for a week before we met up just on Bumble and then uh, eventually switched over to texting. And I was, you know, pretty interested. I didn't think that, you know, he was going to turn out to be a, a long-term thing or anything like that. He seems like 
a nice guy that I wanted to get to know. And then um, we went on our first date and it was a pretty good first date, like nothing amazing, but it was definitely good enough for a second date. And then the second date I had an amazing time. And after the second date, I was like, all right, I'm sold. think I'm into this guy. Nice. And was his experience the same? I mean, like after that, were you, did you like have the conversation um, after the second date? Like we wanted to get to know each other more and this is (laughs) going to be more serious. It took a little bit longer than that, actually. So he actually lives in Springfield, Missouri. So he's about three hours away, which is kind of funny that actually Bumble helped us meet because he's from St. Louis. So he was actually here around the holidays. And that's how he kind of entered into my network on Bumble. Um, Otherwise, I mean, I rarely go to Springfield, so I probably wouldn't have matched with him. So it actually took us a few more, a few more dates to kind of decide that we wanted to take things more seriously. So this is a rare success story that you have, I feel like in the world of um, (laughs) online dating. So congratulations to you. Um, But now we kind of want to back it up and hear about um, when when you first started using these dating apps, Mm -hmm. um, I assume they all didn't turn into long term relationships. (laughs) So kind of yeah, many unsuccessful stories and dates. So Um, yeah, we want to hear about you know what in uh, before your current boyfriend, how many apps mm -hmm. were you on? Were you actively using? um, How many dates would you go on? You know, a week. Mm -hmm. So I um, originally got. Tinder first and I got Tinder like right after I broke up with my boyfriend and I had moved to a different city and I was like I'm gonna meet some guys a revenge app download (laughs) if you will yes download an app I didn't know anyone and it was I think it was like right at the time where Tinder became really popular and like had slightly less of like a hookup reputation I actually had Tinder for like a solid two years straight and then um, when Bumble came out, one of my friends told me about Bumble, and I tried that out. And overall, I found that it was much better than Tinder, so I kind of stopped using Tinder. And um, I've had, I've actually tried out a lot of uh, different apps. There's one called Hinge that matches you up with um, like mutual Facebook friends. Mm. Um, and then there's one called Happen, which apparently is like really popular in Europe, and that's actually where I first learned about it. Um, it is not as popular in the U.S., so it wasn't that great. But um, Happen works by uh, showing you matches that are, like, in your area that you might have, like, actually walked past. Oh, wow. So it's great for big cities because, yeah, you might, you know, be on your morning commute and see the cute guy on the subway, like, that you see on a regular basis but have never talked to. But he could be on your Happen app. Uh, but it doesn't really work for St. Louis. Yeah, that I, and so you know, there's 7,500 dating apps worldwide. That kind of blew my mind when we were preparing for this. So, I mean, you haven't tried that many, but it, you've mentioned a few that I've never yeah, heard of. Yeah. So, I mean, so you're so you're on all these apps. Um, about how many, if you had to guess, matches did you make? And then of those, what actually turned into a date? Yeah. So one of my honestly biggest life achievements. I feel like very proud of the fact that I had over a thousand matches on Tinder. Um, which was pretty crazy. On Bumble, definitely, I I think probably like 300, 400, but I mean, that's still a lot. Um, But realistically, out of those 1,000 matches on Tinder, I probably even messaged like half of them. And then out of the ones that I even messaged or talked to, I ended up going on a date with maybe like a quarter of them. So I would go through um, kind of phases where sometimes I wasn't really using the apps and I was like, not going on dates and um, not really interested in meeting anyone. I feel like that happens, you know, in life sometimes where. Right. Yeah. Well, you're in, you're in dating mode or you're not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So before you met your boyfriend, what was, what was your intention? Um, Were you looking for casual dates or were you looking for a relationship or, you know, I'm maybe it kind of differed from year to year. Uh, what, What was your intention? Yeah, it definitely differed just depending on, you know, kind of what was going on in my life. Like like I said, when I first downloaded it, I was just looking for, like, quantity and getting out there and going on dates with new people and things like that. Um, so it was definitely more of, like, a casual thing. Not, I mean, not a hookup thing. Like, I wasn't looking for just hookups, but I didn't have any 
expectations or even any goals to like find um, like super deep relationships uh, or super serious relationships. And then um, there are definitely times where I was like, I, I'm sick of all of this, um, you know, kind of casual dating, like only spending like one or two days dates with guys before I move on to the next one. I'm tired of that. Like I want to actually find someone that I care about. And um, I mean, along the way there, I didn't have any other like serious relationships besides my current boyfriend, but there were guys that I dated for like three months um, yeah, where we so- had a or, yeah. Right. So kind of a long time. So what have yeah. you ever existed in a dating age where apps were not? I mean, I think the answer is no. Where apps were not available to you? Yeah. Um. Not really. I'm, I mean, yeah. in high school, I didn't use any, of course. But um. I think. So it's just I, been I part. It's, like, it's just been part of it. It's been part of the experience life. Yeah, as a single much. person is okay this is what I want to do if I want to be social and get out there I have to be on these apps it's it's such a I'm older so it's just such a unique concept to me um so I I guess tell us what is like uh, first of all are are your friends and family are they supportive that you were as active as you were on these apps or were they you know giving you cautionary tales yeah. Um, so my friends have been pretty supportive. Um, they always help me, you know, like vet the guy before I go on a date with him, you know, make sure he's got a solid looking Facebook account. Doesn't look like a creeper. I let them know where we're going and who it's with. So that if something were to happen, they would be aware. Nothing ever has. I've never felt unsafe whatsoever. Um, when I first started doing it, I did not tell my parents that I was going on dates with people that I met on, on dating apps. Um, I even remember I was seeing this guy for like three months, uh, and my mom actually met him and I did not tell her that I met him on a dating app just because I thought that she would, I don't know, be a little judgmental. Do they know that you um, met your current boyfriend on a dating app? They do. Yeah. So after a while I kind of started telling them like, Oh yeah, I'm going on Bumble dates. And at first they were like, Oh, that's weird. Like, you know, stay safe. But They've gotten used to it. My brother is actually on Tinder as well. So um, they've kind of just adapted to the fact that this is the way that people meet each mm-hmm. other nowadays. And it's not it's not as weird to me as it was when I first started. And they don't think it's weird either. Do you, do you think that it's harder or easier to truly get to know someone on a personal level when you meet online versus in person? Because I'm sure you've had experiences where you've just, you know, met a guy at a bar or at a social event and mm-hmm. gone out on a few dates. So you've, you know, seen yeah. what it's like in both ways. What Talk to me about the difference, if there is one. Yeah. I think that um, the main thing with using these apps and just meeting people online is that you're very aware of all of the options that you have out there. I mean, it's pretty crazy, but I would go on a date with someone and I know for a fact that I could get on my Tinder and there would be literally a thousand guys out there who were also interested in me, which is just, it makes it really hard to say, yes, I like you and I want to commit to you because you know, you have so many other options out there. So it's like a, it's like a grass is always greener. It's like promoting that phenomenon right. kind of. It, yeah, it totally is. And so I think that that is why the majority of um, the majority of interactions on the dating apps don't turn into anything. They really, I mean, they gamify it too, you know? So as you're going through this, it doesn't really, sometimes you can forget that there's another person on the other end who's like texting you back or who's who you're talking to. And it's not just a game about, oh, who thinks I'm pretty? So I think that it's kind of a matter of uh, when you go on a date with someone setting clear expectations um, or just lining up because I've definitely been on dates where guys are looking for a girlfriend and I'm not at that point. So, you know, we just, it doesn't match up. And then there are definitely people who are just looking for something casual and right. Do you think the fact that you met online with your current boyfriend has impacted the way you communicate in your relationship with him? Like, are you more likely to, because you had to communicate via text and through communication through mm-hmm. the app, are you more likely to text than pick up the phone or to text when you're in the same room, you know, uh, things like that? Do you think it's impacted your yeah. communication style? Yeah. 
Um, I don't think so. Uh, we, I mean, we have to rely on technology a lot to stay in contact because he lives <clears throat> three hours away. Um, so we, we FaceTime, we text, uh, Snapchat, of course, but I don't think that that's because we met online. So how much did you, when you were kind of just going on these, um, multiple dates and, you know, you were on these different, different apps, did you, uh, were you having fun? Like on a scale of one to 10, how, how much were you enjoying dating in this digital yeah. era? Um, I really loved it. I had such a great time. I have honestly nothing but positive experiences to say about it. Um, there were times where I was really frustrated by the fact that I couldn't find anyone um, that I really felt like I connected with for sure. But um, most of the time I was using it, I enjoyed it because it, you know, made me get out in a new city. It made me go experience things. It made me meet people. It made me get out of my comfort zone, which I'm, I'm a little of an introverted person. I, not super easy for me to go talk to people that I don't know. And so kind of by forcing myself in these situations, I became really good at going on dates. I feel like I'm a first date pro. Like I don't get nervous about it. <laughs> all anymore um just because i have you know I, I i know what i care about and what to talk about and i think i'm a pretty good judge of character too because of it actually you know i could go on a first date with someone and know pretty quickly whether i was interested in seeing them again or not i wish that there was a way um an app like this to make friends it would make moving to a new city a whole lot easier but i think uh, they just came out with one i feel like i just saw something recently oh really yeah um that would be really if not, Jordan, it's your next big idea. <laughs> Take it and yeah, run with it, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, our final guest is Micah Ross. Um, she is a licensed professional counselor, a therapist, relationship coach, and she regularly speaks about healthy relationships and partnerships, communication, effective arguing, and more. So thank you so much, Micah, for joining us today. Um, we've talked to uh, a bunch of people um, before you joined the show <laughs> about, you know, dating in this digital age. Um, we've gotten a Zennials perspective, a millennial, a baby boomer. Um, we've talked about it from a parenting perspective. And so what, what we kind of want to talk to you about is what are you seeing in your practice as a result of all of these dating apps? Um, are you seeing more emotional or physical affairs? Um, you know... I don't, I don't know that I can say that I'm seeing more emotional or physical affairs because of dating apps. Um, and I think that the estimates vary dramatically when it comes to people who cheat, um, anywhere from like 26 to 75% because there's really no universally like agreed upon definition of cheating. Um, like, is it watching porn? Is it kissing? Is it secretly remaining on dating sites? Like, there's a lot of things that could be considered cheating. Um, so it's really hard for me to say whether more people are having more affairs as a direct result of dating apps. But what I do believe is that because of technology and social media, we live in a time where cheating has never been more accessible, but it's also never been so easy to get caught. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, do you, I mean, I think we, we were just talking to a millennial about this and, and I, I said it kind of promotes the grass is greener concept, right? Because you always, if you're on a bad date, you can kind of console yourself with the fact that, well, I might have a thousand more matches waiting for me on, you know, XYZ <laughs> app. And so it's at once an ego booster, but also like, you know, let's hurry up and get this date over with because there's a million other people wanting to meet me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I guess I kind of, it's, I think it's interesting how I've come to think of dating apps and uh, just the years of working with clients. And I think I think of them more as meeting apps than dating apps <laughs> um, because they're, they, they increase the potential to meet people, but it's, but it's not necessarily, I, I like to think of it as that first meeting, not as a first date when you're meeting on a dating app. I like to think of it as a first meet. And I like your concept of a, a first meet because, um, you know, we were talking to people about their, you know, worst and best experiences and, and someone had shared that, um, 
you know, you can be witty and your your whole content can be kind of crowdsourced, right? Your profile, you can ask your mom, you can ask your best friend and, you know, your you can ask your your funny friend of how to, how to respond to a certain, you know, message on an app, but when you get face to face with somebody and it's an organic conversation, um, you know, that's 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 the real deal. That's your first meet and that's the person's real personality. And um, sometimes it matches what you've seen online and sometimes it does not. And I'm kind of right. I mean, I joke with my husband all the time that if I would have ever seen him on social media or seen a dating profile, I mean, I would have swiped left. I would have been like, (laughs) next. I mean, nothing, the way that he presents himself online is nothing at all what he's like in person. Um, I mean, like would have said he likes to watch Harry Potter and work out and watch sports. And I, I really would have been like, we're done. <laughs> I'm never meeting you. <laughs> I'm kind of curious your perspective from moving on um, from dating more into like the actual relationships as far as technology goes. Have you found that, um, you know, technology has been any sort of hindrance in terms of communication between couples? You know, people might ho- hold all their anger in until they're in a different state and they decide to text and tell each other how mad they are. Um, have you seen anything like that? Oh, yeah. There was a study that I always reference. Um, There's a study at UCLA in the 70s that tried to tease out how much of communication is verbal, so the words that we say, and how much of communication is nonverbal, how we say it, the context in which we say it, the history of the relationship in which we say it, the tone in which we say it, what our face says when we say it, all of these other things, right? And when we're communicating with technology, really, we're just getting the words. And the study, you know, it, it teased out as best as it could, um, came up with 7%, 7% of communication is verbal, and 93% of communication is nonverbal. It's not the words that we say. And so when couples are in a particularly bad place, I really strongly encourage them to cut off texting and emailing mm-hmm. uh, and to communicate about things in person. You know, as you've been practicing and as this has become more and more prominent, um, do you see that people's ability to truly connect and communicate effectively has kind of disintegrated as we've become more connected? You know, that's a that's a really tough question for me to answer. And in, in preparing for this interview, um, I... I I looked up, like, when did Match.com start? And it started in 1995. And I've been in practice for 11 years. So they have me beat. Um, and I feel like my practice has really probably grown with, I think, my space was alive when my practice started. Um, so it's, it, for me, I guess it's hard to tell a before and after in terms of my practice of what I'm seeing in terms of connection. Um I think that uh, I think that for a lot of people, it, it can depend on your intent when when using whatever platform you're using, whether it's a dating site or social media. I think a lot of people use things like social media as an easy button to avoid to avoid things that they're feeling, to avoid the discomfort of a relationship. Um, but we've always had those easy buttons, whether it was drinking or shopping too much or um, eating too much, but eating really isn't bad. It just depends on what your intent is with it. And I try to think that when I'm on social media, am I on social media because I'm trying to connect with people or am I on social media to avoid the thing that I don't want to be doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, I think that in terms of it's really, it's, it's, for me, it's really more about the intent with which you're using these things that makes them good or bad. Right. That's inter- That's so interesting to hear you say that because it's like, you know, to ask yourself the intentional question, right? Why are you doing this? Um, we talked to somebody who is about our age, Micah, and he he thinks that there there really is no other choice in terms of being single now in in today's age that you if you're if you want to date and you have an interest in finding a relationship you've got to be online so I'm interested to hear what you think about that like do you I know your work focuses on couples um but if your individual clients or your colleagues who deal with individuals what what um what have you heard 
Yeah, actually, my my practice focuses on relationships. And so whether that's a relationship with somebody else, I work with a lot of couples, or your relationship with yourself, or your relationship with your sister. Um, and so I actually also work with people who are going through divorce, um, relationships disintegrating, and how to transition through that. And I think that most of the clients that I see who are on dating websites are, um, you know, you're not typical, not normative daters people who are in their 30s or 40s um, who are still single or single again. Um, yeah, the guy, the guy who for- Andrea just mentioned was actually in a relationship from 2009 to 2016. And so he kind of came out of this relationship into a new world where the apps didn't really exist um, whenever he was previously single. So he had to adopt a new really mindset and mentality about dating in general. And I'm, I'm sure that's pretty common in the divorcees that you're seeing. Right, right. You know, I taught human growth and development at the master's level for years. And I think one of the, one of the, with that comes a whole lot of facts that live in my brain that will probably never go away. And one of the surprising things is that your 20s, the the life stage, the decade of the 20s is considered the most, the loneliest decade. So people in their 20s report being the loneliness. And I, and I always found that so fascinating. And everyone in class was always super surprised by that fact. But it's because people in their 20s are in all different sorts of phases of life. Some are starting a career, some are in school, some are starting a family, some are single, um, some are marrying, some are not. Uh, and I think that that with, with people being in all sorts of different places comes loneliness. And I think that that's also what impacts people who are dating in that non-normative time of your 30s, 40s, or, or beyond, um, is that you don't have a lot of contemporaries, and it's lonely. And where do you find the single people um, in their 30s and 40s and, and 50s? If it's, if it's not online, where are they hanging out? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's why, I think that's why, and I, I've guessed, I've guessed that's why a lot of people who I see who are in the 30s and 40s are, are definitely online. Um, they're definitely complaining about being online, but they're definitely online. Would you advise a client, I, it might be case-by-case case basis, but would you advise a client um, looking for a relationship to look online? Um, I think it depends on where they are, how frustrated mm-hmm. they are, Um You know, when people come to me with dating issues, they're usually coming to me because it's been quite some time or they're struggling. They feel like they're struggling finding that person that they want to be with for the rest of their life. And at that point, I usually am, usually are talking about all the options. What have you tried? What's worked? What hasn't worked? Um, And I even go over people's online dating profiles with them. (laughs) Uh, I just had a woman last week. She's in her 30s. She's never been married. And she was talking to me about getting back online and she was dreading the whole process. And she thought, you know, I need to lose weight before I do this and I need to do this before I get on. And, and she looked at me and she said, you know, I'll just never be a size two again. And I said, that needs to be in your profile. And it completely <laughs> mortified and terrified her. She's like, no, I need to Photoshop my picture. And I said, no, you need to put in your profile. I will never be a size two. Right, unless you're never planning on meeting these people in person. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, but I think that we want to project this perfect image so that we don't have to feel ashamed about who we are. We don't have to really be seen. But if you're wearing a mask when you're dating, how are the how is the person that wants to be with you supposed to find you? You're in disguise. Exactly. Uh, and there are plenty of people there are plenty of people out there who want to date someone that will never be a size two. Right. Um, but that's her standard for herself and not and not the person who she's supposed to be with for the rest of her life. Right. Is not his standard. Well, the whole point of dating is to get to know someone. And I just, I don't think that that can be streamlined. I think from our conversation today, that's that's kind of my takeaway. And our culture, we are obsessed with efficiency. And so we've made dating time effective. Um, but I can't help but think a personality test can't tell you things you would need to know. You know, a new survey by psychologist at the University of Rochester said online dating is the second most common way to start a relationship after meeting through friends, mainly because 
because other ways are thought of as grossly inefficient. And so, you know, it begs the question, are we prizing efficiency over connection? You know, but but I, I'm not in this world, so I can't judge. And I see the other side of it, too. There's a whole wide world out there and online dating gives you access. Right. It's crazy to think that just last millennium, 72 percent of people met their partners at school or work or through family and friends. And clearly that's not the case anymore. Um, it's a dramatic shift. And it's a fascinating topic that we could probably talk about forever. But for today, I think our wonderless has been satisfied. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I mean, my mind is stuck on the parenting perspective and the dating apps aimed at younger users and how that is regulated. I think it is, you know, it's indisputable that although dating in the digital age may be more time effective, it is not a foolproof method to finding a partner and some more, you know, old fashioned methods like talking to somebody at a bar at a coffee shop should be used as well. I mean, call me call me vintage. We appreciate the time and knowledge our experts have shared with us today. If there's anything you've been wondering about and would like us to explore, or if you have any questions or comments about this episode of Wonderlust, please let us know at wonderlust at gmail.com. That's Wonderlust spelt with an O. And remember to make time to wonder. 